Welcome to Eat This Scroll, a University Fellowship Church podcast. My name is Chris Moore, and I am so happy that you're here with me and my guest. We do this about twice a week. We get together and discuss God's word, what we've been chewing on, and how we've been challenged and or encouraged, and pass that off to you. Um, you are the worship pastor, the pastor of worship. You pastor the worship of our church. So, what are you chewing on? What are you bringing uh, today? Yeah. Well, okay. Has our last podcast? Mm-hmm. Okay. So, so last time, you know, we did this whole thing with Proverbs where I don't know what day it was of the month. It was like the 27th. And I had you pick a random number because this is something I do with my kids. Mm-hmm. Sort of a review. Um, you know, there's 30 to 31 days in a month, 30 to, well, there's 31 chapters in Proverbs. Depending on the day, you pick the chapter. And then I'm like, I quiz them, like, hey, pick a number between one and 30. And, you know, they pick a number and then we talk about the proverb. Um, I like Proverbs. And so I was like, that was kind of fun last time we did that. Yeah. And so I figured, hey, let's do it again. Let's do it. Today is the 6th of December. It is. Oh, well, when we're recording this. Yeah. And so there are 35 verses in chapter six of Proverbs. So you get to pick a number between one and 35, depending on where it falls in context, we might have to read the surrounding verses, right? Yeah. Um, so, Chris, drum roll, please. The number I choose is 23. Oh, I was afraid of that. <laughs> Were you really? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> it's like, what are the odds of that? Okay. <laughs> okay, what proverb are we in? 23. 26? Yeah, Proverbs chapter 6, verse 23. Okay. You want me to read it or you want to read it? I can read it. All right. I'm going to practice anyways. 23, for the commandment is a lamp and the teaching a light, and the reproofs of discipline are the way of life. Yep. First question, what do you think? Do we think we need to read the surrounding context? Mm -hmm. Let's do it. Yeah. The following verse says, to preserve you from the evil woman. From the smooth tongue of the adulteress. Uh-huh. Maybe we should even take it up to like, uh, I'm thinking verse 20. 20? Okay. Yeah. For my son, keep your father's commandment and forsake not your mother's teaching. Bind them on your heart always. Tie them around your neck. When you walk, they will lead you. When you lie down, they will watch over you. And when you wake, they will talk to you. For the commandment is a lamp and the teaching a light. And the reproofs of discipline are the way of life to preserve you from the evil woman, from the smooth tongue of the adulteress. Yeah. And then the rest of the verses, we won't read them, but he goes on to talk about, um, essentially, do not commit adultery, all these sorts of things. Mm-hmm. But I think we could even, um, we can we could broaden that out. I mean, our verse 23, for the commandment is a lamp and the teaching of light and the reproofs of discipline are the way of life. So let me ask you a question, Chris. Ask it. You could sum up, what is he, sum up what he's saying. What is he saying? He is saying to guard God's instruction in your heart, hide it in your heart, and it will protect you and guide you. Okay. What does that mean to protect you and guide you? Hmm. Well, I think instinctively, I'd be inclined to say that it is going to inform your decisions mm-hmm. to provide wisdom in how you behave, 
how you interact with people, the decisions you make, the company you keep, uh, the, the, the habits that you form, those kinds of things. Okay. Does it mean that life is always going to be a bed of roses? That's exactly what, no. (laughs) (laughs) No, in fact, it it implies that it won't um, because of the adulterer lurking Mm -hmm. around uh, the temptations in life, the struggles we experience, that we will have those. So it seems like he's saying, hey, do these things to protect against these things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he says uh, at the beginning, keep your father's commandment, forsake not your mother's teaching. Um, and then, right, verse 21, bind them on your heart, always tie them around your neck. What does he mean by that? Hmm. Bind them on your heart always and tie them around your neck. Well, it's my understanding that the ancient Near East, the the time and culture that they were writing, they didn't have the word mind per se. So they described it as heart. So maybe a a throne of affections, we could call it. Place where decision-making happens before we make decisions. Things we like, our interests, our desires, our, our temptations. So it seems like what he's actually describing isn't a surgical maneuvering (laughs) where we attach tiny scrolls to our our arteries, but um, to, to hide this away in that place, the internal affectious place that um, informs all of our decisions that it's something that we harbor there frequently. And the around your neck part, I mean, I could hypothesize, but I don't have a, a real good idea other than, the idea is that a neck is a vulnerable place maybe or a place we decorate, you know, yeah. necklaces, things like that. Yeah. Um, that's great. I think you're correct. When we, and you know, our Western culture, when we talk about heart, we tend to separate those, mm-hmm. that from the head. Right. Um, but biblically and yeah, in the ancient Near Eastern context, it those were this one and the same. So right. like out of the heart came things like um, your thought, uh, your intellect, your memory, but then also things like your desire or your will. And um, so, and then when he talks about here, there is constantly this um, exhortation to, to have these commandments, these teachings, instructions in the Proverbs um, to like instill them Uh almost like through memory. So I don't, I mean, you don't actually have to have like a necklace with proverbs, but the whole idea is that they become a part of you so that when you encounter the various temptations or trials in life that you know the right way to act, Mm -hmm. right? And for men and young men, you know, this is a, an issue. Um, The temptress, all that kind of stuff, especially in our culture. And if you live in wisdom, we talked about this last time, but living in the fear of the Lord, Mm -hmm. that he exists and there's a right way to live seeking after the temptress or giving into that temptation, uh, is one sin, but also not how God was intended for us to live, Mm -hmm. you know, um, elsewhere in wisdom literature, you know, it tells us to find satisfaction in, the wife of our youth. And that can also apply if you're, you know, 
woman, the the man of your youth. I mean, that's not like right. That's not in, but like to the the best life is to live um, and enjoy the marriage covenant that you have. Mm-hmm. You know, um, so. When I'm reminded too of that verse that I don't know off the top of my head is instructions for a young man of how to keep his way pure, mm-hmm. you know, to, I think it was to effectively, you know, meditate on God's word and mm-hmm. to keep yourself undefiled from the yeah. world around you. Mm-hmm. So this is not an uncommon no. topic. Yeah. Um, yeah. How can a young man keep his way pure by guarding it according to your word? How do you do that? Well, you have to internalize it. Yeah. Um, and you know, you could do that through like just rote uh, memorization, but you can mm-hmm. also do that like how I like to do it. One proverb, one chapter of Proverbs a day. Mm-hmm. You do that for the whole year. That's 12 times. Yeah. Each chapter. I had to do the math really quick. <laughs> I'm tired. <laughs> <laughs> so that leads me to another question Ooh. that I think will be helpful for people because we are a simple creation <laughs> you know we're, we're about efficiency in in our culture and industriousness and getting the results that we want so what part does god through the holy spirit work in uh, in applying this to our lives i'm reminded of the idea of the implanted word of god that there seems to be an external application that's at work through the spirit so for somebody who's going i want to do this i want to internalize it how much of that is something that they can participate in and how much of that do they trust the lord to operate in their affections and their uh, mind? so is it kind of like how much how much do we do versus how much does the does the lord do right yeah because somebody sits down i've read the bible plenty of times and walked away and thought i literally don't remember what i just read <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and other times i have to go okay lord <laughs> well you know, I, I think my first thought is that there's never any wasted time in the word. Mm-hmm. So I think um, anytime that you sit down to open your Bible, that's that's better than not. I think that um, just like anything else, that there's like more efficient ways to do something. Mm-hmm. Um, and And I always come back to this in regards to like spiritual disciplines or growing in Christ's likeness. If you want to, you know, get strong, you got to lift weights. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's probably a great way to lift weights. There's probably a bad way to lift weights. Regardless, you're going to have to lift weights. Right. And so same thing I think applies. You, and with the spiritual disciplines, I think it's about putting yourself in that place where the Holy Spirit can change you. I mean, you look at the the Pharisees, they spent a lot of time in the scripture. And in fact, they probably had the first five books of um the old testament memorized Mm -hmm. which i don't know a single (laughs) christian (laughs) who who can say that Mm -hmm. um so but then they still refused jesus as the messiah Mm -hmm. um nonetheless i think you know if you want to grow in christ likeness it it wouldn't hurt to internalize scripture to be obedient and to be open to um to the Holy Spirit using that, you know, mm-hmm. um, like how can how can I explain the illustration in my mind? It's like I want. Well, I shouldn't even use that. 
I want to put tools in my tool belt and mm-hmm. and I do that by reading the word and um I don't think that God can bring something to mind that I haven't haven't read or that you know right. you know does that make sense mm-hmm. am I am I being clear Yeah Yeah feel free to agree or disagree but I I certainly think it's a matter of of our co-labor with the Lord mm-hmm. and the work he's doing but I agree with you that you know, when you describe that, what I think of is that there is a necessary component of faith that has to be applied to, in order for this to truly flourish, I have to be dependent on the Lord to work it into that. You know, if a man builds his house and it's not the Lord building it, that house is Mm going to fail. So I think there is a component where we go, okay, Lord, you know, I'm doing my best to be faithful in this. I Mm -hmm. trust you to take care of me um, in that sense, you know, it says that we're never tempted beyond our, our ability to escape the temptations. Yeah. And um, if we draw near close to the Lord, he's, will draw near to mm-hmm. us in that same sense. So, yeah. And, and knowing what we know about God, he would certainly want us to act with wisdom. He, you know, like Jesus says, um, even, even earthly fathers know how to give good gifts right. to their kids. What about, God. And so, I mean, I suppose that there could be this fear of like, oh man, like, can I, um, like, what if I spend all this time in, in the scripture and, and God, um, doesn't bless that? I think like, okay, um, if you want to live according to scripture and you want to be obedient to God, he's going to bless that. Mm -hmm. And so when you spend time, um, reading it, the Holy Spirit will use that. Right. Um, and we can't, who knows what was going on in the mind of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. And sure. we can speculate, maybe it was for their own personal gain or their popularity, but if you want to be obedient to God. He's going to bless that. So, um, yeah. Yeah. There you go. I think that's great. So flee the, uh, the <laughs> adulterous world we live in the temptation of this life by, Hiding, keeping, nurturing your affections for God's word in your heart. Bind it around you. Put it places physically that you can see it and read it on a regular basis. And Proverbs are a great option for that, right, Lou? Heck yeah. You go, here, I'm struggling with anxiety. Boom. Get a proverb. Want to make good financial decisions. Boom. Got a proverb in my wallet. Sticky note on my credit card. You know, so those are great ways to to literally bind it in places that bring our minds back to wisdom and ultimately honoring the Lord. For sure. I love that. That's great. There you go. There you go, Lou. Well, we managed to do something. I'll let you listeners determine (laughs) if it was worth doing. Now, as always, anytime we get in the word, especially when we get to do it together and chew on it in real time, I appreciate that, Lou. So thanks for making the time. And uh, listener, hopefully you enjoyed this and it encouraged you in your faith. And we will get you guys on the next episode. Bye. Well, thanks for listening. Thank you to our guests for coming and sharing what they've been chewing on in God's word. We produce these podcasts and release them twice a week. So please subscribe so you don't miss out on one. And don't forget, love God, love your neighbor, and make disciples. Disciples.